Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Hargens. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this particular podcast. And it's special because we're talking about episode 468. And do you know what that is? (laughs) That means this podcast has existed for nine years. It's actually existed longer than that. But, you know, if you take 468, you divide it by 52, that's uh, that's what you get. You get nine. And that is the, uh, the sort of the marking of the calendar, as it were, that I like to do in regards to this podcast, even though, like I said, I've been doing it longer. But Man, I can't even begin to articulate, but I'll try to, how special this is. But the reason that we are coming together on this particular podcast is for one guest, and his name is Ryan Savitsky. He is the vocalist from One Step Closer, who hands down is my favorite hardcore band right now. And this interview is special for me because uh, I like being able to bring to light bands that are, I mean, clearly one step closer, like they don't, I mean, they need help, but (laughs) as far as publicity is concerned, but they're, they're definitely on their way. A lot of people are paying attention to them, you know, once they signed to run for cover and, you know, put out some incredible stuff within the context of melodic hardcore. But I just really like being able to paint a very broad picture of independent music on this particular podcast New bands, old bands, small bands, gigantic bands, people who are behind the scenes, people who are documenting this independent music scene. I just love it. And what made this episode special for me is the fact that I I really like the fact that hardcore and punk still excites me. There are new bands that come out that remind me of bands that, uh, you know, when I first started to get into this music scene, and it's not to say that, uh, you know, the bands that are around now, everyone is just ripping off everybody from 
prior generations, because I mean, let's be honest, we are all doing that, you know, no matter what generation, we're all always standing on the shoulders of giants. But anyways, I just was very excited to have Ryan on and it was a a special episode and I was glad that uh, he was excited to be part of this uh, tapestry of independent music, but then also be part of the, the nine year anniversary celebration for this thing. So We'll, we'll get to him in a moment, but you, the listener, I cannot thank you enough for interacting with this particular podcast on a weekly, monthly, annual basis, however this podcast fits into your life. I really do genuinely appreciate that. There are a million things competing for your attention. There's a million other podcasts. There's so many things that could tear you away from this, and you continue to show up week over week, month over month, whenever you're interacting with this, it really does mean a lot to me. And I want to make sure that you, the listener, feel that gratitude because I am trying to force it through this microphone into my computer and then into your <laughs> headphones or car stereo or whatever it is. I just really, really appreciate that. You can always reach out to the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. I love to hear feedback and just just saying hi. I really enjoy that. And then, uh, you know, we're able to be digital friends uh, from that perspective. I also have to send out some special shout outs. My friend Dave, Dave Deff, that is what I call him. And he is the the graphic man behind this podcast. And we say, when I say graphic man, I sound, might sound limiting. He is just, I don't know, I just love him as a human being. And he's been able to help this podcast roll along very smoothly and supply all the graphics, do the logo. He's just been instrumental in keeping this thing rolling. So huge shout out to you, Dave. I love you. And I'm so glad that you are in my life, not only from a professional perspective, but as a human being and a friend. So shout outs to Dave for making this podcast look probably cooler than it actually is. And uh, also special, special shout out (laughs) to Topo Chico, who has been hooking me up over the past couple of months with some, uh, you know, incredibly nice gifts, beverages. And uh, I just like the fact that people can work at these companies and be like, yes, I want to support the music scene and be able to give where I can. And so, yeah, special shout out to uh, Topo Chico because they are an incredible beverage if you've ever tried them. And then uh, to all of the publicists and people that, you know, pitch ideas to me, I really, really do appreciate that. And all of the sponsors that have engaged with this show, that is, you know, kind of the one of the main reasons this is able to continue. Because if I was just doing this on my own accord, I mean, let's be honest, I probably would still be doing this, but maybe to a lesser degree. But uh, the sponsors are what uh, keep this thing, you know, flowing and alive amongst many of you. So as you can tell, this is a very long-witted intro, but <laughs> I have to make sure that all of these things are highlighted because it's incredibly important to me. So anyways... Let's talk to Ryan. One Step Closer is going to put out a new record on Run for Cover in the upcoming weeks, and uh, they're out on tour right now, and it's just, it's really exciting for them. I, I love this band, and you should love this band. So here is Ryan, and I will talk to you at the end of the episode, like I always do. Yeah, so 
I usually start these things off with my own kind of personal entry points to you, your music and everything like that. Um, and like I was saying before we started recording, uh, like you're hands down my favorite hardcore band as of right now. And uh, it, like I, it, it kind of honestly kind of reminds me of like <laughs> when I was like, whatever, seven, 16, 17, like first getting into like strife where I was just like every little bit of information I could find out about this band. <laughs> I yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I got that. And I, I, I was trying, I've been trying to articulate, uh, to not only myself, but then others of like why I enjoy you guys so much. And I was feeling a, a lot of the feelings that I imagine other people are gravitating towards, you know, you and the band that there is this interesting combo of you guys existing for a while, but never, you know, releasing a full length and like kind of for lack of a better term, making yourself scarce, not to being like, Oh, you know, we've done 75 us tours or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm sure in many respects, it's not like this intentional, you know, like, Hey, we're, we're a mysterious band or anything like that. Or, or maybe it is intentional, but you no, know. it's definitely not. <laughs> But uh, do, do you get what I'm saying? Where it's just like, maybe because you guys, I, I guess, haven't been quote unquote overexposed that there is that desire for people to find out more about you guys, whatever that may mean. Yeah, I guess um, just because we we haven't like, we wrote a good bit of music, but like we haven't written like a, a full length ever, you know, like, like we only wrote like just the EP like all that put out like that got put out in triple B that's like the most significant thing that we've ever put out, you know? So like, I think just like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like people are interested and, and kind of like curious now, you know what I mean? No, it's true. And I guess that, that, that does kind of speak to, cause I, I, it is this weird notion, especially in the sort of generations of hardcore that exist where, you know, whatever, in the late 90s, early 2000s, the concept of either releasing too much music or overplaying, like that just didn't exist. You played 400 shows in your local area. <laughs> like you just constantly punished people like, with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like nobody cared though. And also it was like, there wasn't that social media aspect where everyone's like posting these shows, you know, it's like, hey, like this band is playing the same location, you know, for the next like... <laughs> five months it's like they're playing there every two weeks you know and it's like but like back then people weren't really really like like people were videoing it but like it took so much longer for them to get that anywhere or like even get it and like it's not like you could upload it to the internet or something you know what i mean so it was just like these people are just like playing their local hometowns and it's just like oh i saw them maybe like a month ago but i'm still just gonna go anyway just because like i don't know i haven't seen any videos i maybe listened to their cassette like couple times you know what i mean like i don't know i think it was cool like that though no that's that is a good point i mean it is something i guess i didn't kind of consider that there clearly is a huge audience outside of the walls of whatever show you're attending because of just the fact that i mean you have all of these amazing documentarians like you know sunny from hate five six and all of these people that are spreading i mean you know the show that you just recently played back you know for the first time yeah. after whatever 16 months but that filtered out to so many other people where that, you know, if you guys played that same show a month later, like people clearly would have known that, you know, like, like Oh yeah. Exactly. Did they just play that? Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. I think like, I mean, Sonny does a great job. Like with, he literally does it like he's had like everything in the Northeast. Like literally yes. I, I, like I was seeing him 
like pretty much like once every like two weeks, probably once a month at least. Like he was just everywhere, you know? And like, I, I give a lot of credit to people like that just because like he's really doing it just for the love of music, you know? And like people like in other countries and like, you know, at, like even just across the United States, like really rely on his videos just to like discover new bands and like listen to, you know, their favorite band play live because maybe they haven't played their home state or like even anywhere near their their house you know at all like so i don't know people like that really like they deserve a lot more credit than they get i think true and honestly not like i would compare the two exactly but it's that same notion like i remember you know once a hot topic started to be a place where people you know bought music and t-shirts and stuff like that there's obvious negative things that you can throw a direction of a, a store in a mall, but then there is that point of, hey, maybe this city does not have like a local cool independent record store. So a kid, you know, getting into My Chemical Romance and going in there, and then all of a sudden finding out about Bane or whatever, like that's yeah, pretty. Yeah. That's pretty cool, and it's the same sort of idea that Sunny can give a platform to these bands, and like you said, be able to put you guys on highlight. That is like, oh yeah, you, you haven't seen this band because we haven't done these you know 15 us tours or whatever exactly and like also i mean i i completely agree with the the statement with like the hot topic stuff because like we don't even have that great of a record store in wilkes-barre like like we have a like our, our local store is called gallery of sound and like they don't get like the you know the smaller like hardcore bands or like the smaller alternative bands like in there like it's mainly just like more mainstream stuff you know uh but like if we had you know, a local record store, like even, even now for like kids, like, especially with now that like vinyl is bumping, like how crazy it is. And like, they would be able to find like all these crazy hardcore bands and like all these like old bands that like, you know, you never know, but like, yeah, I think the modern day version of that is pretty much sunny and hate five, six. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, well, well, we'll pick apart some more things about your, your band as we have this discussion, but, um, I know just wanted to focus on you as a person. Were you actually born and raised in Wilkes bar? Yeah. So, uh, I pretty much, I live in a town called Pringle, which is, uh, like right above Kingston and, uh, I'm like 10 minutes outside of Wilkes bear, but, uh, yeah, I was born and raised here. Uh, lived in the same house for the last 21 years of my life, you know? So it's, uh. It's a it's a cool city, but it's uh it's, it's just it's just a weird place, but I I love it nonetheless, you know. Oh, for sure. Well, you develop. I mean, especially at the the age that you're at, there's that desire to be like, I want to see more of the world. But then there's always that connective tissue that pulls you back to being like, oh yeah, like you know, my, my hometown is pretty cool for reasons A, B, and C. Yeah, it's like. I, I feel like actually from like touring and seeing other places, I've like almost like grown a little like a little bit more of an appreciation for our area and like how unique and like kind of weird it is. But like it's really kind of taught me a lot. And like I, I don't as much as like it's kind of like a you know a depressing area to be in and like uh, grow up in. It's definitely like has has some core values that I've learned just from being here and. Uh, just, you know, and like now, like I said, like since we're like we were touring and doing stuff, like I've definitely gained more of an appreciation for here. Sure. And it's also very interesting and cool that so much from a independent music perspective has always been happening in that area. 
you know, and that's what is, and that's what makes that area so interesting because no one would, would automatically assume like, oh yeah, you know, Wilkes Bar is going to produce, uh, you know, all these, you know, legendary hardcore, you know, indie rock yeah. bands or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, so they many. have. Yeah. There's been yeah. so many, like literally like, I mean, it's crazy. Cause when I started going to shows, I was like, I went to my first show when I was like 12 or something around there. And, uh, like I was shown title fight when I was like, like maybe like a year before that. And it was like, uh, it was when title fight was on, um, Vans warp tour and they were doing, oh, like sure. a, they were doing like a secret set because they were contracted to warp tour. So they couldn't like do anything outside of warp tour while they were on the tour, you know? So yep. they did like a, a secret set. They used to do secret sets under uh, Western haikus. And, uh, I just remember going to that show for the first time and just like being completely like blown away by like just the local music scene. It was like, I think it was a big, um, I can't remember exactly what show it was, but I'm almost a hundred percent certain it was like a memorial for one of their friends who passed, but it was like a really big show with like a lot of locals. I think it was like title fight, cold world, bad seed, like a bunch of like crazy bands. And, uh, it was like, it, it just like opened my eyes to like, holy shit, you know, there's, there's a crazy music scene in my area. You know what I mean? And like, it was yeah. something I, I had no idea about. So yeah, I, I mean, this place is definitely known for, uh, for their music and then like the band right. have come out of here. Right. And then also the fact that it's this, um, you know, I mean, most of Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia is, you know, pretty rural and there's this small town community vibe everywhere outside of the city of Philly, like I was mentioning. And yeah. you have that combined with all the fact that you have all of these disparate suburbs that kind of come together to put on these, you know, hall shows to be like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's Kingston and the greater Wilkes Bar area that, you know, <laughs> we're able to yeah. do these shows together. And that's yeah. what, pro- that's what kind of provides you that, that local platform to jump off. And it's crazy. Cause you say like local, like, like that venue, like literally we played our first show back on Saturday and it was in yep. the middle of like nowhere. It was just like a very rural area in like a VFW hall. And like the amount of people that were there and just like the amount of like, you know, Pennsylvania kid, like it was just cool. You know what I mean? But like, it was like the most like Pennsylvania hardcore show. Like I've ever, like, you know what I mean? I was just like, Oh, this yeah. is like, <laughs> this makes total sense. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, but it was really cool. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and so what's your family structure like, uh, brothers and sisters in the house, like mom and dad still together. What's that look like? Yeah. So my parents have been together, uh, since high school actually. Uh, and they're still together. High school sweethearts. That's adorable. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Pretty crazy. I feel like you don't really see much of that anymore, which is like kind of nuts. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so my, my parents are still together. I, I live, um, with them, uh, you know, the house I grew up in and I have an older brother, he is 29, so he's eight years older than I am. Um, okay. So there's a big separation between us, but, like, we're super, super close. And just, like, you know, even just growing up, like, I feel like he, I used to annoy him when I was younger, like, probably, like, before I hit, like, middle school. You know what I mean? But then, like, I hit middle school and kind of started getting into things that, like, he was into. And, like, we kind of shared similar interests, like, more and more as I grew up. So, like, we just got cl- super close. He's, like super super supportive of like the band stuff and like so my whole family is like my parents are really really supportive of it it's cool 
That's really cool. I'll I'll pick on that thread a little bit. But the um, so you were the you're 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 the baby of the bunch, so you get away with murder, I guess. Yes, yes. I always I get away with whatever. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I love it's that. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It, it's like all of these archetypes that exist, whether it's you, you know you being an only child or the oldest of the bunch, like it's just universal. Everyone has those experiences where it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, my little brother or sister, like they could just do anything and no, and the parents don't even care about it. <laughs> yeah. My, my brother used to get so pissed. Cause I would just get away with literally everything. But like, honestly though, like my parents, like especially my mom, like my mom would baby the hell out of my older brother. Like she loved my <laughs> older brother. They had like Got this, it. they had their connection, you know, when, like when I was like younger it was like me and my dad doing everything together. Like, you know, he was like teaching me guitar and like doing stuff like that. And then like my, my mom and my brother were just like, like, I feel like they were just like connecting in their own way, like doing their own thing. And like, he was like, she was like his like support, like big support system, like growing up through that same time. So like, but now it's kind of weird. Cause like, I feel like almost things kind of flip flopped, you know what I mean? Where like, like mm-hmm. my brother is now like super like pretty close to my dad, and now I'm like closer with my mom. It's like it's like weird. I don't know. Our family's cool. Yeah. Though. It, the, everyone's really great. <laughs> no, that's great, and that I mean that's the evolution of relationships where you could find your needs being met more by your mother and father at a certain time. And yeah, that I mean it totally makes sense how that kind of ebbs and flows. Where especially when you're talking about you're actually developing as a human being and you have your interests as opposed to just being this like, you know, kid that's just has a bunch of stuff thrown at him. Yeah, exactly. I think, I really think it was just cause like, as like when, like I said, when I was growing up, it, my dad was just like showing me all these new things and like, like helping me like be creative and like stuff like that. And then my mom was like, like my mom and like the age where my brother was like, she was just really helping him along with like life, like real life stuff, I guess, you know? And, right. uh, where I wasn't like, my dad was like more like being fun and like wanted to do fun things. And like, right. you know, and yeah. now that I'm kind of at that, like, Oh, I gotta be like, you know, real life stuff, you know, like thinking about that kind of thing. I feel like my, my mom's a little bit more like, the person to go to for that sometimes so <laughs> right like here's here's that open a checking account ryan we got you taken uh, care of exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i love that uh and like you mentioned you're i mean i know that you've said in previous interviews that your dad plays guitar and that was kind of like your entry point to being musical um what was uh i guess what was interesting about your dad playing guitar and him kind of like showing that to you was it just like oh this is cool that my dad is into this or this just is another way for me to express myself uh he kind of like i i i always thought it was really cool like i was like super interested i remember just like seeing because like the guitars were always around the house you know what i mean and we Mm -hmm. used to have like a a set room upstairs where like he had the guitars hanging on the walls and like stuff like that and like i was just like super intrigued when i was younger like i I don't know it it was just cool i'm like i think like he was kind of like pushing for me to like learn you know what i mean and just like kind of like he was like oh like for like for my seventh birthday he got me like an acoustic guitar and it kind of didn't like stick with me at first. Like I was like kind of messing around with it. Wasn't like loving it. Cause I wasn't like getting the hang of it at first. And then when I was eight, I was like, I really like, I fell in love with this like cherry red fender strat. And like, 
I like used all my birthday money that I got and like he threw in whatever extra little bit to help me get it. And then that was like when it really took off. And that's when like he was pretty much just teaching me all the time. And like, I was just kind of, um, I, I don't know. It, that just like opened up a huge door for me. Honestly, it, it's kind of crazy. Like looking back. Cause when I was like learning and like playing, I always like wanted to be in a band and wanted to do that kind of thing. But like, I never thought it would, it would come to like where it is now. And even like recently, like about like a couple of months ago, like when we were recording the record, my dad was like, it's, it's really crazy just to see, like, I, I never would have thought, you know, you would have taken it this far and like would have done, you know, things and like toured and like do stuff like just off me teaching you how to play guitar. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, it, it's just like, it, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I'm happy. Like I got, I got really lucky with that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, no, that's special. I mean, I, I'm sure they're like, oh, well, Ryan, you're in a yelling hardcore band. Like, that's terrible. I wish you would have chosen a different style of music. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're kind of like, like, I think my my mom was always kind of like, oh, like, why don't you sing more? You know? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, that's, I, I don't care what generation you are. I mean, now that there is like that hardcore and punk has existed for you know longer than 40 years for parents to have a little bit more of an understanding at the end of the day they're always going to look at yelling music as being like what is like i don't get that why are they doing that with the music yeah exactly and like even but but like honestly like my dad's into like kind of like heavier metal stuff and like he likes you know like he likes all the hair bands like the old hair bands and stuff but even he like sometimes i catch him listening to like some just like like I don't even know what the bands are, but there's like yelling parts and like different things in it, and he's just like loving it. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. Like, I, I they're kind of like, I, at least like my mom's like a huge country head, so like she like is obsessed with country, and I always just like shit on her a little bit for like liking country so much. So like, she'll sure. kind of like what we go back and forth, and she'll be like, "Oh, you like your like screamy shit." So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are you guys are trying to dunk on each other, but it's like, uh, no, that's. <laughs> yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's cool um and so with you know you kind of growing up and trying to figure out you know who you were and your identity were you kind of like you know an outdoor kid like were you into sports where did you you know find yourself gravitating towards in like you know junior high and high school so when i was like like young i was like a big baseball player i played um I was like super, super into it. I played, I think from five years old till I was like 14. So like nine years or something like that. And, uh, my parents like, like were really pushing me to like be a baseball player, like try to like do something with that. Cause I was like, I guess pretty, pretty good. I, I don't know. I don't like talking about myself. Like, you know what I mean? But like, no, it's okay. Yeah. yeah I, asked I, you the, I asked you the question, Ryan. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, I, I guess I was pretty decent and like, like they really wanted me to kind of pursue that and like, see what I could do with it. And like, you know, maybe like get into a college for baseball or something. And sure. I started skateboarding around that time, like a little before that, but I really got heavily into it when I was like, thir- like 12, 13. And then, I remember my last year of baseball, like when I was 14, just like skipping practice all the time to go skate and just like be it, like just be with my friends, you know what I mean? And like do that whole thing. And, uh, so baseball slowly fell off. Like after that, like pretty much that was my last year. I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I kind of like, all I want to do is skate. And all I want to do is like, like go to hardcore shows, you know what I mean? Cause that's like really when I started getting into that stuff. And, um, 
but yeah, I mean, I was always like a big outdoor kid, like my local neighborhood kids, like we would always be outside messing around and like skating or scootering down the street. Like I live on a really big hill. So we used to just bomb the hills like on it, on whatever we had, you know what I mean? And just like, right. you know, I was always outside doing stuff, but then, yeah. So like after, you know, one, once I hit like high school, like around 14, 15, that's when I was like, really, you know, started doing bands and really was just like still skating a shit ton. And like, that's pretty much all I did like through high school and, you know, even like into college, you know, that's like that, that's like, that's pretty much my identity is like skating and like music, you know? Sure. Yeah. That, that, that's the most consistent thing where it's like, oh yeah, this is going to last me the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and that's like, honestly, it's like, I've met like such amazing people and like have such good friendships like through those two things and like more than like half the people I went to high school with you know what I mean it like I I was always like a lot a lot of my friends were always like at least like two or three years older than me for some reason I think it was just because like I was always hanging around with like the older skater kids or like you know there wasn't many kids like my age that were like playing instruments or like wanted to do bands or anything like that so you know I just, you know, had a lot of like gained a lot of friends like through those two things. And like, I'm super grateful to like have that. Rockabilia. They've been supporting this podcast for the past four, five years or so. I can't even remember, but they are the only place that you should be going to check out all of the merchandise that is available for you to purchase online. And you can use this code. 100 words or less. That's the number 100 words or less. And that gets you 10% off your order. I can't tell you how much this company means to me, but uh, you know, I'll try fast shipping, all officially licensed stuff. I order from them, you know, probably on a like month to month basis, (laughs) like every other month, I think. And I just, I love what they do. They recently just had a awesome run at the Minneapolis State Fair because they are based in Minneapolis. And they brought out all of this rad old merch where they did some officially licensed stuff from like Soundgarden and Prince and David Bowie. And then they also did some stuff with Metallica. I I just, I love what they do. Rockabilia, go to that website, use this code, 100 words or less, and you'll be able to get 10% off your order. There's no two bones about it. Rockabilia is the place you need to go. And thank you, as always, Rockabilia, for your continued support of this podcast. And I love you guys. I only know one of you, but I will just throw that to the whole company. You can play this, and then everybody will feel the love. But rockabilia.com, 100 words or less. Here's to another nine years. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. 
And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. Did you care, I guess, about school? Like, what, what sort of life path were you i mean because I, I know you're also obviously pursuing all the music stuff but it was there any sort of practical life path for what you were supposed to do from a sort of job or career perspective like what did your parents do um you know what was the kind of direction that you were headed so i wanted to i went to like a tech school so i did like audio visual stuff and like photography uh like all through high school okay um so that was like kind of what I was like looking to do. I was like doing a lot, like I was in a lot of like contests and like, like, uh, like through the high, like through the school for like photography. And I was like winning like a good bit of them. And just like, you know, I, I think like my teacher was really pushing me to kind of do that kind of stuff. Um, but for some reason, like I, I wanted to do like biology. I was like, I was a huge like science person. Like I always loved science and I was like super into that. Uh, so I went to college for, like I started like my first semester and I was like, Oh, I want to do, you know, biology. And I fucking hated it. I literally hated it so much. <laughs> so I, uh, kind of was just like, Oh, I don't really know what I want to do. And, um, then like I was kind of just taking courses and just like, as like a general studies major. And then I kind of started doing graphic design stuff. Cause you know, that goes like hand in hand with the photography and like, you know, videography stuff. So I was doing all that stuff through high school, a bunch. And like, I was like really enjoying graphic design. So honestly, I probably would have been doing a graphic design major or like going to like a, like doing another two years for graphic design. But, um, my parents, uh, going back to that, I, I completely forgot about that. My, my parents, my mom works at a hospital, uh, like a, a, a veterans hospital. So, okay. uh, sh- but she's like, um, I don't know exactly what she does, but she like helps like, fill prescriptions and like do all that stuff but she's not like she never went to school for nursing or anything like that i think she went to school for like communications or like something along those lines oh and then uh my dad is an electrical engineer through uh the government like at like there's this place there's there's like an army uh depot like like uh, 45 minutes from my house or so so he works he works on the army base got it got it yeah so very very practical jobs as it were yeah, pretty much. Like they, they both went to school, you know, they're both like just doing, you know, yeah, normal kind of normal jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're the weirdo that's like, Hey, I want to skate and be in bands. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And, and like, they were like, in, like insanely supportive, like, which like, I was really surprised, like, like genuinely, like, I mean, I, I think like, like, I think because my dad taught me guitar and like was kind of a big a big part of like the reason why I'm able to do this stuff. Like he almost like is like just like super proud and like almost like is like, I wish I could have done that. So I'm happy that he's doing it. You know what I mean? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, of course, anytime there's that idea of something that is, you know, interesting and creative, even though it may not be, you know, practical from a career perspective, it's like, hey, like, you know, this is the time where you can do something weird like this, like play in a straight edge touring hardcore band. Like, I guess let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, your introduction to independent music, you know, came at a pretty early age, like 11 and 12. I mean, when I say independent, I mean like getting into, you know, title fight and I know turning point was, was, and still is a huge influence to you. Um, what, uh, you know, I, I guess what attracted you to it beyond just the, you know, like you said, going to a show and seeing that a cool experience, um, what, what sort of attracted you to that? Like, had you been into punk prior to that or like, what was the sort of transition phase? I think probably. So like one of my childhood best friends was his older brother, is the reason why like I kind of got into hardcore because we were like I I'd say like I guess the transitioning band was like Green Day and like Blink One Eight Two like that kind of stuff. Sure, I was like huge into Green Day when I was like, and I still am. I still love that band. Like that, I still have a huge appreciation for them. But like, like I was huge into them when I was like you know nine ten, and so was my best friend at the time. And um, his older brother was like yo like yeah you guys like that kind of stuff well like let me show you this like more local like hardcore like punk type band uh called title fight like they're they're super cool they're like good friends of mine uh check this out and like it was just so cool like i i don't know what it was but like he showed me that the song memorial field uh off uh the last thing you forget and like i heard that and i was just kind of like blown away and for the longest time, I could not remember the name of the band. And then like a month or two later, I like went back to their house and I was like hanging out with them. And um, I saw his older brother and I was like, hey, like what was the name of that band that you showed me like like forever ago, like like a month or two ago? And he was like, oh, it's Title Fight. Like I'm going write to write you down like a whole list of, you know, songs and bands to like check out. So he kind of just like wrote down like a really quick list and like, I started just like listening to that stuff and like I, I I just fell in love with it. I don't know if it was like the the aggression of it at the time or if it was just like the wow, I've never heard anything like this kind of thing. Right. Like this and, is not on the this is not on the radio, like this is just different. Yeah, exactly. It was something different and it was just something that like really caught my attention because of that the fact that like I've never heard a band like Title Fight. And honestly, if I'm being real, I probably still think that i've never heard a band that sounds like exactly like title fight you know but like i think in a way like that just like caught my attention and it just made me fall in love with it well and too i mean being completely honest like they they're you know, there were children like, you know, I mean, they're so young, like yeah. in relation to, um, you know, when you were watching them, like, you know, your, your first couple of shows, it's like, you know, they were ostensibly only, you know, a couple of years older than you. And yeah. So, they were like, yeah. I think Ned and Ben just turned 30 this year. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, they were like 18, 19. Yeah. Which is like, it's crazy. Cause like, now like i mean like i love those dudes and like they're great people and it's just like damn i've literally like been listening to your band since i was like for like 11 years you know what i mean like that is insane 
And where were you, were you just, you know, uh, listening to them, uh, obviously on the internet where you just, uh, you know, messing around with, uh, Spotify and Apple music, or were you finding them on, uh, you know, uh, other places? I f- was like, I, I was just looking like profusely on like YouTube, like just like, like searching yep. and searching, like for anything I could find on YouTube, because that was <laughs> like my source of like finding music and different things. And then I was like finding like live sets of them. Like there's like this classic video of them playing uh, in Shikshini, which is like, like probably like 30 minutes, like down the way from me. And they're playing at this like, like VFW, like fire hall type thing. And I think the video is from 2008 or somewhere or that time around that time frame. And I remember watching that video and I was like, this is so crazy. You know what I mean? Like, this is the coolest thing. Like, why are these people freaking out? Like, why are they doing that? But it's so cool. And like, like, I don't know. Like, I just remember like, like our Ben is like wearing this, like, camo like this real tree camo t-shirt and like like they just look like they're like so young and like like looking back on that video that was just like so inspiring for me you know sure well you're getting all of this information from you know the like what they're wearing to the salt like you're just getting so much and you're like i need to know every frame of this video (laughs) yeah Cause I was like, I was like, why is he wearing such an ugly shirt? You know, what I mean? totally, totally. And, and like, I don't know, like, but I, I think that was like one of like the, I think Stick Together did like some real tree camo shirts, and I'm pretty sure it was like a real, like a Stick Together real tree camo t-shirt. Like yep. looking back, and like I'm like now I'm looking back, and I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of sick. But like back then, I was like, Man, <laughs> that's so ugly. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. And I think like Ned was wearing like this crazy judge long sleeve. And I like, I don't know why I remember this, but it, like it, I could like literally see the video in my head right now. And I probably haven't seen it in like six years, you know? Right. <laughs> well, that, dude, but that, that stuff is so important because it makes this, I mean, <laughs> cause you're, you're looking at this old judge shirt and you're just like, man, it looks like a triple XL on him. But like, that yeah. looks so cool. <laughs> exactly. just, all of these things ping pong it on your brain. And so I, I, I totally get that, but no, I appreciate you ex- explaining that because it is that visceral experience that you get when you, you know, watch a band live. And it's so difficult to articulate to a person who has not experienced that, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like, cause I was like, at the time, those friends that I kind of grew up with, like, like our, like my best friend, his older brother, like those were the only two people that I knew that were listening to that. You know what I mean? And yeah. then I was like showing some of the other, my other friends and they're like, what, you know, this sucks. You know, like this, this is awful. And like, then as I got older and then like started skating with all these people who were, who were like involved in the hardcore scene, they were like, it was like, wow, like these people like, like title fight and like love that band. And then now they're showing me even more bands like cold world and like all this stuff. And I'm like, it, it's just cool. It like, I, I don't know. It all like, it, like looking back at this kind of all like it, it was just like the ramp up to where to where like i am sitting now you know what i mean it, it just all like yeah. it all worked out like it, it just made sense well and i think too because of the uh, the localized experience i mean like even looking at cold world where it, all of these bands were in your area and that's what makes it so exciting when you have something that is locally based yet also large enough to, you know, have 150 kids at a show and you feel like you're a part of something much bigger than, you know, anything you'd ever experienced prior. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I mean, 
I think especially growing up like in high like going through high school and like being able to to go to these shows and do that whole thing like that was like my escape you know and like I feel like for a lot of people like I know a lot of people probably have that similar feeling and similar story but like like I you know before I went to that tech school like I wasn't you know, very like tight with a, like a, a ton of people in school. I had like my small friend group and like, you know, we all got made fun of cause we were skating and like doing weird shit by like all the jock kids and like, you know what I mean? But like, then when I went to a hardcore show, I was like, oh, I could literally, you know, be myself and like not feel weird about wearing the clothes that I wear and like liking the things that I like. So it, it just like, it, it was like my safe haven for like a long, long time you know sure yeah absolutely you know that and that's you you find your weirdo subcultures and you're like oh so like it's okay to be myself and be into these things because all of these other people are just a random collection of all of these weirdo subcultures too so totally exactly yeah um so as you started to you know get fully into you know independent music hardcore and punk and everything um you because one step closer is not your first band right even no. though you, you're right. So I, I am guessing you played in terrible bands before that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what were what were you trying to rip off? You don't have to reveal the band names if you don't feel like it. Even though I could probably identify what you sounded like based on your band name. Uh, yes. <laughs> every first band name is the best. Um, the first band was uh, a band called Nothing Left. Right. Oh. Okay. And, okay. and um. I was the youngest person in the band. I was like 14 when we first started, or I, I literally just turned 15, like, uh, like the, like the two days or three days before we had our first practice. So, okay. uh, and that was with a kid, like, it was like the, our, actually our drummer for one step closer, Tommy, he was in that band. Uh, so we, we kind of started that together. We started playing in bands together, like from, from the start. Um, but it was with some, some other people that we were not really close with anymore, but it was absolutely horrible. And looking back, like it's, it's embarrassingly bad. Like it's actually, it's funny you bring this up because we are watching old live sets of it. Like, like literally last week at our friend's house. And we are just like, (laughs) how are we that bad? Like, how are we that terrible? You know? And like, it's I, I don't know it, i mean it's it was, part of the process man it's part of the process it is it is part of the process and honestly like those were like some of the most fun times i've ever had because like i didn't give a shit at all i was just like having a blast like being able to play because i played guitar in that band so sure i was playing guitar and like i was just having a fucking blast you know what i mean and like they we got put on some really cool local shows and like it was just it was just a good time we had like a cult of people that like really like like fucked with us because we were younger and like we're just like this is cool this isn't that great but like we're gonna mosh and like have fun anyway so it was it was cool right. <laughs> no i love that because it, it does especially when you're that young like yes you are self-aware where you are trying to be not like cool like in the stereotypical description of the word but you're just like okay we have to do enough to like belong here in this show but then there are so many things that you just don't have any awareness of because you're just oh, yeah, yeah like you said a dumb kid jumping around you're exactly. like i gotta get some sick jumps in right yeah i was literally just like i i like 
my dad had this white Ibanez. He still has it. And I literally like, I would just be like, dad, let me, let me rip, let me rip the Ibanez, please. Like, I want to take the Ibanez. I want to look cool. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was just like, so cool. And like, I, I loved it. And, um, I mean, I, I definitely like, don't obviously don't regret doing it. Cause we, we said we did nothing left. And then I was like, Oh, I really want to sing in a band, like really, really bad. Like just a straight youth crew band. And we did a band called Goon and it was, it was based off, do you ever see that hockey movie called Goon? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 So we like ripped the name off that. And, uh, the demo artwork is like, like the hooded mosher with like people with like hockey sticks, like flying in the background and stuff like that. And it was just the most youth crew demo. And honestly, like it's, it's kind of sick. Like, I think it's like, like, I was like, like we were all like mad young. And like, honestly, like if I heard that from like a 16 or 15 year old now, I'd be like, Oh, this is cool. You know? Uh, But like we, that was super short lived and then both bands kind of fell apart. And that's when uh, we kind of took a break for a little bit and then did one step closer eventually. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I I appreciate you laying that out because I do think it's, it, it it is very interesting to have discussions with people who it's like their first band is the band that they've been in. Like, I mean, I know this is a random example, but like, you know, Davey Havoc, he's only been in AFI. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wild to yeah. even say that. It's like, no, oh th- yeah, I mean, that's that, cool. That is crazy. Cause I feel like almost every person I know has a story of like, yeah, my shitty band when I was like 16, you know what I mean? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Absolutely, it's it's all part of the process because you you then realize like what it takes to you know just the simple logistics of like getting to a show and getting on a show and like all of those building blocks that you take to be a little bit more professional as you get older. Exactly, and also I mean like. I wasn't even driving at the time, you know what I mean? So I was kind of just relying on everybody else to drive me around and do all that stuff too. So it was like, I I think that the bands like really like it, but like being in the bands at least like got me to just more shows because all everybody was just driving us, you know what I mean? And even if we weren't playing, it was like now all these people who may have not like 
because it was only like really me and the, uh, one of the other kids at that time that were like interested in hardcore. And then all these other kids, including like our drummer, Tommy, like had really no idea like what hardcore really was. So it was kind of like introducing them into something new and like, like they were, they, they all kind of got into it and like started, you know, driving us and like, we started doing more shows and like, it, it was a good time. Honestly, I, I really like, I really had a lot of g- good memories doing that stuff. Yeah, that's great. And you, I'm going to guess uh, around that time too, you, that that's when you got into straight edge and that lifestyle was exposed to you. Was it, um, did you immediately identify with it or was it one of those things where you were just like, Oh, like, you know, I was partying a little bit and then straight edge got introduced. Like how did that all transpire? Um, I was like always super against like that kind of stuff just cause my brother had like a really rough time. Like when I was like growing up through like middle school with like drugs and stuff like that. So uh, I think kind of seeing that and like seeing how it like affected my family kind of um, it, it just like made me not really interested in like made me really like despise like that, like substance and like substance abuse, you know what I mean? So, yep. um, I always kind of, I, I never, I didn't identify with it, but cause I, I didn't know what it was. And I like, I didn't know there was words for like what I was already doing, you know? So, uh, all through middle school, I was like, really like, nah, that shit sucks. And then when I was like 13 or 14, uh, when I was like skating with some of the older heads, like they were, they were talking about straight edge. Cause a lot of them were all straight edge. Cause they're all hardcore kids. And, uh, they're like, Oh yeah, you don't know what straight edge is. And I was like, nah, like, and they were just like, yeah, we pretty much like, you know, nobody like drinks, or, like does drugs or does anything like that. And I was just like, Holy shit. Like I've been doing that forever. And like, that's how I've always felt, you know? So, and then, um, I went to one party and I got there and all my friends who were like, like we, we weren't like claiming straight edge or anything at the time, but like all my friends who are like, yeah, like I hate that stuff too, blah, blah, blah. Just all like started drinking and like smoking, like doing all this stuff. And I was like, holy shit, I guess I got to like do something. So I like took like a small sip of alcohol and like, I was just like, oh, this sucks. Like, I hate myself. (laughs) I hate myself so much right now. And then I went home, like I literally left everybody there, skated all the way home. It was probably like a, like a 45 minute skate home easily. Just skated all the way home at like two in the morning. It was just like pushing and pushing and pushing. And I finally get home. And the next morning I wake up and I was just like, yeah, from now forward, like I'm straight edge and like, that's it. And it's been like that ever since. Dude, I love I love that notion of just like taking a little sip and then just y- you know sitting in your head for forty five minutes as you're pushing home to be like, no, this is not me. Yeah, it really was like I like I remember taking that sip and I was just like sitting down in that basement and like and I just I was like looking around and I like sat on the couch and I was just like like I remember like our one friend came over and was like, yo, are you good? Like, is everything okay? And I was just like, nah, I just really gotta like go home. Like, I'm just not feeling this like anymore. And like that was it. And like I said, ever since, like I haven't even thought about, you know, grabbing a drink or like grabbing like a fucking joint or anything like that. Like, I don't know. That's just like, like, I I don't care if people do it, you know what I mean? And like, obviously like to each their own, like everyone could do their thing and like completely, like I'm not like that kind of person, but like, it's just something that just doesn't interest it. Like interest me at least. Yeah, no, no, I totally get that. Um, the, uh, 
So now that, you know, you guys have done a decent amount of stuff in regards to, you know, just putting your music out there and then, you know, playing all the major festivals, something that I I personally recognize uh, within the context of playing, you know, like either Sound and Fury or This Is Hardcore, where it seems like bands, for lack of a better term, have kind of like a coming out party. Where it's yeah. like, it seems like people all of a sudden, from a national perspective, start to recognize a band. And like, I saw you guys, uh, I think it was the, yeah, the 2019 Sound and Fury where you played. Um, and it definitely felt like that for you guys, where it's like, wow, it's our first time really to the West Coast. I, the, you know, a lot of people are going off and paying attention to you guys. Did, did that feel, um, I, I guess, kind of a, a market change for the band when you guys started to play those festivals and you started to see the reaction that, that people were giving you guys? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, like, I was super shocked, like, about that Sound and Fury set. I wish there was a video of it. I know there is somewhere, but, like, no one ever has posted, like, any videos of that set. But, like, there's a lot of, like, Instagram stories and, like, stuff like that. You know what I mean? But, like, I would, like, kill to see a video of that just because we were, like, that That was my first time ever on the West Coast in general. Just, like, even, like, like ever. And it was just crazy because I was, like, we were there at Sound of Fury, you know, first time ever in L.A. And it was the first time for everybody being in L.A. And we're, like, damn, we're here just to play music. Like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? And then right. we go inside and, like, there's, like... I remember when we got done with the set, people there were still people outside the door because they stopped letting people in. And I was like, holy shit, like literally like this room was completely packed for us. We like no one really knows of us like too too much at that point until like you know, like I guess like I guess people were starting to find out, you know what I mean? But like first time on the West Coast and it's like playing to a pack a jot like a huge room like packed out and I was just like and people were going fucking nuts. It was just like it was a really surreal moment, I think, for everybody in the band. And, like, I think we we're just kind of like, well, you know, who, like, maybe, maybe there's a chance that maybe we could, like, do something with this. I don't know. You know what I mean? And, like, I feel like that's always kind of a thought in your head when you're doing a band. It's like, oh, like, who knows what, could, you know, what could happen with this band. But, like, that was, like, the first moment, you know, like, just because we're in a completely different area that we've never been in. It was just like, it was so cool. I, I, I love yeah. Sound of Fury. I literally yeah. love that fest. It's so cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, yeah. No, it feel. I, I understand what you're talking about. Where it feels real. Where it's like this has jumped beyond anything that you know we could be playing in front of our friends or our friends' friends. But it's like absolute strangers we are making an impact on, and that's when it starts to be, uh, you know, it just means something that much more to you. Exactly. And also, yeah. like the that was like part of that cause we did those half hard shows in Boston too. Like yep. that, like me and our guitar player, Grady, who also sings for uh, the other band I play in anxious. Um, me and him booked that full us together, like just by ourselves. Like it was just me and him. Like I was 19 and he was like just freshly 18 or like about to turn 18, like two like young ass kids, like trying to like book an entire full us tour. And like, we did it. And like, that was like a super, like, that's still something I'm super proud of just because like, I feel like like doing a DIY full us is like really hard. And for like younger kids, like just to like somehow pull it together, like, I don't know. It's just like, it worked. And like, that was easily like 
one of the craziest like experiences of my life just between like the have hard shows sound and fury and then ending the tour at this is hardcore like it was just like it was crazy yeah no it's really it and i i think too that you know as you start to put the practical things with a band in motion, like you said, you know, being able to experience what it's like booking a show and then also be like, Hey, you know, like, uh, we need $500 for this tour package or just like the business implications. And you start to get more comfortable with that, even though prior to that, you'd be like, why the hell is anybody going to pay us for a show? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's kind of how we were like booking that full us. We're like, let's just like take whatever we could get. You know what I mean? And then let's just like, we just want to do it. We just want to do it now. I, I still get like anxiety asking about money. Like I hate it. I hate it so (laughs) much. I like, I feel so weird about it. And like, I always think that people are going to think that I'm like, that I think I'm like being too good or like think my band is amazing (laughs) or something. You know what I mean? And like, in in reality, it's just like, nah, like we kind of just need this, like to even just be able to get up there and like it for it to make sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I, I was going to, I was going to ask you how, like now that, you know, the, the band is on the precipice of, you know, where you guys are going to be extremely active and you're doing all of these things and you're doing these nationwide tours and obviously releasing a record on run for cover, the, the business implications of the band, like, so does that, I mean, clearly it makes you nervous. <laughs> like you were just talking yeah, about. It, it really does. So, okay. So, I mean, like, how does it, uh, I guess, how do you, overcome that anxiousness or do you just kind of like exist in it knowing that this is something that you have to do because that is what it takes to kind of move a band forward yeah i feel like it's it's kind of a little bit of both where you know we you know we started working with uh our our friend jason who is a booking agent for anxious so like now over quarantine we started working with him and uh we started working like our, our, our good friend, Bob shed, who also does Axe to grind podcast. Uh, he is like our manager, like for, for the band now and stuff. So like they kind of help with that, the, the money side of things where I don't want, like, instead of having, making me like bug these people about money, I'm just kind of like, Hey, could you just like, uh, kind of ask them like, like, you know, what are they offering? You know what I mean? So I don't look like a dickhead, like make, like offer, like asking about sure. it. And, sure. um, but we still like do a lot of our own DIY stuff, like still too. like, it's a cool relationship that we have with, you know, with both of those. So like, I usually handle all the DIY stuff. So I kind of just like, I don't know, like at this point, like most of the people that we work with, with DIY stuff is like all friends of ours at this point, because we've either, they've already booked shows for us before, or we're just like already homies with them. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't really feel uncomfortable, like talking about money with them. Cause I know that they know me better than that. And they know that I'm not trying to, you know, be a type of way or anything like that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. You're not trying to, you know, squeeze them for an initial hundred dollars because you just, you know, you guys want to eat more, you know, burgers at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for real. Yeah. Like I know like, cause like for instance, like we're, um, we just got asked to do a show, uh, soon and like uh, coming up and uh it, one of our one of our good friends like is booking it and i was like hey man like can we like like he because he, he had a sub about it and i was like well like are you gonna have us like in the headlining spot or like what's the you know what's the deal and like kind of like i felt like really comfortable just like talking about that kind of stuff just because like i know him well and like we've we're like friends you know but like 
sometimes with like some random strangers, like if, if they were like booking stuff, it's just kind of like, it's just like a little nerve wracking for me just cause like, uh, that's just like something I don't like talking about really. Sure. Yeah. I understand you. There's that, especially too. And I, I think this very much exists within the context of punk and hardcore. There's like the punk rock guilt idea that gets placed on yes. people where it's like, yes, okay. Answer. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, we can't ask for this because like, that sounds like what a, you know, like mainstream rock band would ask for or whatever, but it's no, like, dude, yeah. yeah, it's like, dude, asking for water backstage is not a diva move, <laughs> you know, like that's normal. You're okay. <laughs> no. And, and, and sometimes like we've played shows where even that, like asking that they're just be like, oh, fine. Like, yeah, like there's like, <laughs> right. there's like some bottles over there. Just like grab one. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, uh, that's not a lot to ask for, bro. You picked, you bought that for like five dollars. Like, come on, yeah. you know. Like, right. how about how about a loaf of, loaf of bread and some uh, peanut butter and jelly? Like, that's all we're asking for. Yeah, yeah, for real, <laughs> exactly. It's like it's not crazy. Like, but yeah. So I think, and especially like big time with hardcore, where it's like, oh, like getting paid one hundred and fifty dollars for for the show that you just traveled three or four hours for is like so common that it's just like, oh, like yeah, that's just like how it works. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, then, then it gets to the point where, where like, you're like, ah, oh, but maybe like, maybe that's just not how it works, you know, or maybe yeah. it's, it's actually not supposed to work that way. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Um, a few things I want to hit before I let you go was the, oh, yeah. you, you know, the, the fact that you guys are, you know, in, in the relative sense of the term, you know, younger within, uh, the hardcore scene, but your guys's musical output has been in my opinion very mature like you guys feel i mean even with you know your earliest recordings it felt very for lack of a better term confident and um you know i'm not trying to well yes i am trying to blow smoke up your butt but at the same time <laughs> at the same time like it it's you know a lot of times when you're listening to bands earlier material it feels like that whereas you know you guys have always seemed pretty uh confident and do you think that's because, you know, you guys know each other so well and you know what the sort of vision of the band is? And when I say vision, I don't mean that in like grand terms, like here's yeah, what we're yeah. going to be in 10 years. But, you know, it, it, does anything of what I'm saying there kind of resonate with you? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think everyone just like, especially with like the more recent things, like especially for me to you and stuff, we were kind of just like, we want to be like, self-expression like like i think like self-expression was just like what we wanted to do and what we like who we wanted to be was like ourselves you know and uh i think a big thing with that was like making sure that was like known in the music yeah and it is ner like it's always nerve-wracking putting out new music and doing stuff like that but like i always felt like we were very like true to like the things that we liked like whether they were like influences outside of hardcore or like 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 even just like a song like i remember like i know for like the new record like like iris by the goo goo dolls was like a huge song for me for some reason for like this like the one section in it is just so cool and like it was so influential and like i and i don't like i don't care to say that you know what i mean like i don't i don't care if people know that like i i just think at, at the end of the day like we really just like put ourselves into the music and i think that's why you know, we just kind of carried with confidence just because we would just wanted to be ourselves. Sure. Yeah. Well, and there's that idea too, that when you start to, and this kind of goes into something else I was going to ask where 
the the maturity level of what you guys are kind of putting out too. it. Yes, of course, it could easily be lumped into where it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys are just turning point ripoffs, which you guys will proudly admit. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just that idea that you are pulling these influences from things that might not be, quote unquote, typical of how a band would would try to insert this stuff. Like, you know, Google Dolls is a great example because at one point they were a hardcore band. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, but just like that, uh, that maturity level can be influenced because you were maybe at an early age more open to like, I know when I was 15, if I heard Turning Point, like I didn't hear Turning Point real or I didn't get into them until I was probably about like 18 or 19. And if I heard them when I was 15, I probably would have been like, I don't know, this doesn't sound like Earth Crisis. I'm not that into it or whatever, yeah. like, yeah. you know, so maybe it is because you guys got into that stuff at a little bit earlier age. Yeah, I, I I don't know if it's because of that or if it's just because like well, honestly it probably is because like I said like I think like everybody like half the band you know didn't even really listen to hardcore music until like we started playing in hardcore bands or like doing more things like that so like almost as a whole the whole group kind of like was gaining all this stuff but like everybody had all this love for other music beforehand and like so much appreciation for other stuff like. You know, like I sometimes like you get caught in these bubbles where you're only listening to hardcore music. You know what I mean? Or like you you go through like a three month span where it's just like you're only listening to these like a couple hardcore bands or something. You know, but like yep. I think that was really only the case for like possibly me and like maybe like one other person in the band because everyone just kind of loves so much other stuff. So like it was just always like other bands on constant rotation. Like I know like our bass players, like, like Beck is like his favorite artist, like ever. And like that, like is a huge influence on him. And just like, like no matter what, like that'll always probably be a huge one for him. Just like in any musical endeavor that he ever does, you know what I mean? So like, I think people just like, I think from pulling out on those out, outside, like outside of hardcore, at least like was really just, like what helped us like do our thing and just like make our sound and be confident with it. I I don't know. I, it's kind of like, it's kind of crazy. Like looking back and like thinking about this, like after you asked me this. No, I, and I realize because uh, it is a difficult question to kind of walk through because, you know, you're still in the middle of it. Like it's easier when you've got, you know, maybe five full lengths under your belt, Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know, but like, you know, as long as you, I actually, I'm, I'm holding you to the fact that you guys need to release five full lengths because, uh, you know, almost every hardcore band breaks up after two full lengths. So like, let's, let's go ahead and break that tradition. Okay? All right, let's do, yeah, we'll, we'll shoot for five. Maybe we'll get to four. <laughs> no, and that, and that, and that's fine. I just, I ideally would like you to break two, please. Okay. Like that's just, I, I think that's, I'll, I'll hold you to that. If yeah. I'm going to hunt you down. That's yeah. Fine. No, no, we'll, we'll break, we'll break two at least. Uh, Fair. I, Between I, two and five. Yeah, that that's fair. Okay, I think that's, that's good. reasonable. <laughs> I I think so too. And I mean, you guys have plenty of time. But um, the the, the last thing I want to hit on was the like like you said, your your parents were super supportive of you guys. You know, starting to do more with the band. You know, touring and and being active and all this stuff. You know how? Um, but I'm sure that they there was in it. You know, a, a, I wouldn't call it a concern, but I'm sure that they were just like the practical implications of like, oh, so you're not going to, you know, continue to go to college and like all these things that, you know, you might have had plans for prior to the band consuming more of your life. Um, you know, how did you navigate those conversations with your parents? Um, I feel 
I'm kind of kind of thinking back. Like, I pretty much told them when I was in when I was in college. Uh, I, I went to a community college uh, that's pretty close by to me um, because I I didn't really know exactly what I was trying to do. Like I was saying earlier, and like I thought I wanted to do this, but I ended up not wanting to do that. So like. Uh, I thought, you know, let's just do community college and I'll do two years and just like hopefully figure it out. And then from there I'll go to, you know, like a four year school or something. So I, after those two years and like the bands were, you know, starting to pick up and do more things, I was just kind of like, Hey, like, what, what do you guys think about just like me trying to do this for like a little while? And like, if I fail miserably, then I just come home and I go back to school and like finish my four year degree and then get a real job or like do whatever, you know? And, uh, they were just like, yeah, like, I think you should, because I like you guys are, you know, touring and like, you have this big summer tour, you're doing all these cool shows. And I think what really kind of sealed the deal for them at least was when we played those have hard shows in Boston uh, they actually, my parents mm. actually drove up for that and, uh, Hell yeah. yeah, it was really sick. And I think like they saw like the reaction that we got and like saw people, you know, caring and like buying merch and like doing all this stuff. And like my mom like tells me this story about like how she went to the, like some record store in like Boston. And like, uh, there were some kids there wearing like a one step closer shirt. And she was like, Oh, like, that's really cool. Like my son plays in that band. Like they just played, like the palladium and like him and like a couple of his friends were like freaking out to my parents. Like, and we're just like, Oh my God, you're like, you're this kid's parents. Like that's, that's so crazy. Like whatever. And like, I think that also like, they were like, Whoa, like they, like people actually know them, you know what I mean? Or like know of them. And like, I, I think those like two kind of, those two things like really like, we're like, okay, like you could do this. And like, I, we want you to do this and like push yourself And, um, but you like, gotta, just gotta work until like work a job until, uh, you know, you're touring too much that like you can't work. So, yeah, sure. Sure. Well, I I think those experiences make it feel all not even real from a sort of, Hey, Ryan is going to be okay from a financial perspective, but just the idea that this art, this stuff that, you know, my child is creating is having this real world impact on people where it's just like, you know, like what, why do you care that Ryan is my son? Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, kind of like, that's really what I think she was like feeling. Cause I remember her calling me later that night and she was just like, yeah, like I had like this interaction with this kid and like, they were like freaking out that I was your, like, we were your parents. And like, it was like really funny and like, it was crazy, but like, like, I really think like, you know, I, I don't think they, they never really like said anything to me about like saying like, that was like the moment when they're like, Oh, okay. But like, I think, you know, doing that stuff, like, and like kind of seeing us play and now even more with like the run for cover signing and stuff like that. Like when I told them about that, I think they were just really like, Oh, like, okay. Like you're like, you're contracted to records now. Like that's like a crazy thing, you know? And like, (laughs) right. And like, so that was like something, you know, that I I think it just kind of like put it into perspective for them. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I mean, and the fact that they're like, oh yeah, Ryan is not going to, you know, join a, a touring rock band where he's, uh, you know, busy, uh, with a mouth, you know, a nose full of cocaine or whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh yeah, he's, he'll be okay. He's responsible. <laughs> yeah. Th- all through like my, my childhood really, because like they knew like how against that stuff I was like, I was literally able to do whatever I wanted. They did not care because they knew like, 
oh, the worst thing that that kid could be doing is probably like breaking something like a window with a skateboard or doing something like that, like stupid, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he can get arrested for skating in a place that he shouldn't be. And like, that's much easier to get him out of jail than, um, you know, killing somebody because he's, do you, you know, driving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like, and that's like, they always like really had like a big, you know, trust in me and stuff like that. And like, even like, like I worked a job up until literally the pandemic. Cause we were going to be so busy. Like before, like, coming out of that that tour from europe like we had so much stuff lined up and i was just like like there's no way i'm gonna be able to get off work for like all this stuff because i was working a retail job and like like they were already kind of like tight on me with like taking days off because like it's so demanding like in retail and like i i I remember like having that conversation with them where i was just like yeah like this is like kind of the time where i'm like hey like we're gonna hit it like full time you know what i mean like we're gonna be touring like six seven months like this year like that's like i say anything over like five six months is like full time at that point you know what i mean and it's like yeah they were, they were just like yeah like super supportive and just like very much like just go for it and like this is the time to do it and like like you said like if you fail or like it just doesn't work out then you could just come back and do whatever you want to do like you could do school yeah, it's a much different story if you were 40 years old and having three children and be like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go on the road for eight months with a hardcore band. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's really like, I think the age thing was definitely a big thing for my parents. It's just because it was like, okay, this is like the prime time for you to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can make all your dumb mistakes now. It's fine. We'll we'll, we'll be here to pick, yeah. pick everything up, right? <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll help you along the way, you know? Yeah, that's right. Your mom will be there to be like, all right, this is how you can get the band started with a bank account. Like we'll get you set up as an S corp, you know, exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for hanging out, dude. I really uh, appreciate you letting me uh, ping pong around your brain, all these random spots. Dude. Hell yeah. I really, I was so excited to do this. So thank you so much, man. So again, thank you very much for interacting with this podcast. Thank you very much for Ryan for coming on the show and James publicist who uh, just, I could not have responded to this email request of like, Hey, one step closer is putting a new record. If you're interested in having them on the podcast, I was like, I need the record immediately. And I need to have Ryan on the show. <laughs> it was like within 30 seconds of that email going out. So I was very, very happy to make that happen. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful in general for this podcast in this form next week is, I can't even believe I'm saying this, Walter Schreifels is on the podcast. He's from Quicksand, Rival Schools, Gorilla Biscuits, World's Fastest Car, Moondog, you name it. He has probably been involved in a musical project that has been foundational to your understanding of independent music. And Walter, he's been a guest that I've wanted to have for a while, but it's one of those things where I don't know if I was like intimidated or I just was like, Oh no, so many other people talk to him. So many other people do interviews with him. I don't want to bug him, (laughs) but, uh, we were able to make it happen and it was so, so much fun. I loved it. So again, so beautiful that we can have Ryan from one step closer. And the following week we can have Walter from quicksand love this damn thing. So that's what we got next week. And until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. 
BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.